0: Good morning everybody, happy Wednesday to you. My name is Tim Harris, it is 10 o'clock. You know what that means? It means it's time for Tim with Tim. Thanks for being with me. I love you guys so much. Uh, Thank you for taking time out of your morning to uh, spend in the Word of God and for allowing me to be your partner in that. I love that. Uh, I just love this time together. Uh, You make me smarter. You make me more faithful. You make me study harder, uh, and uh, I I love that. Uh, If you're live with me right now, God bless you. Uh, If you are joining me later, weekend, whatever, if you're in the Word, then you win. I mean, God is going to bless you for your faithfulness to the Word, which brings us to uh, Mark chapter 4, verses 21 to 41 today. Mark chapter 4, verses 21 to 41 Yesterday, we started with that master parable, the parable about parables, the parable of the sower. And then Mark just stacked several parables right here in a row so that he can have this summary statement in verse 33, which said, this is a kind of story and illustration that Jesus used. He never spoke in public without a parable. And then when he was alone with his disciples, he gave them a little more explanation. So Mark is using this kind of as a way to uh, show you, uh, give you a taste, a flavor of the way that Jesus would teach. And it's remarkable. It really is. So he follows the parable of the sower with this parable of the lamp. Um, We say parable. Parable, just get used to the idea that parable means more than just you know, this long story like the prodigal son, you know, for example, we often think of that as a parable or, or the, you know, the, the bridesmaids, you know, th- that sort of thing. Um, a parable can be very brief, almost just a, a, a slightly extended simile or, or, or metaphor. And this is the case with the parable of the lamp. Jesus asked them, would anyone light a lamp and then put it under a basket or under a bed? Of course not. A lamp is placed on a stand where its light will shine. You know, so he just gives you this word picture, and then from there, uh, spins meaning out of that. Uh, for everything that is hidden will be eventually be brought into the open, and every secret will be brought into the light. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. You, you see, so again, this parable of the lamp is uh, the idea that truth. Uh, especially gospel truth is supposed to be out and open. It's supposed to be shared. It's not supposed to be hidden. And so, you know, the things that have been hidden are now going to be, you know, brought out and, and allowed to shine. Uh, and then he added, pay close attention to everything that you hear. Again, one more time, Jesus gives the strong admonition to listen, to, to listen and, and really listen. The closer you listen, the more understanding will be given, and you will receive even more. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given. But to those who don't listen, even what they once you know, understood is going to be taken away. You know, It's that use it or lose it. Uh, I think some of you probably experience this on a daily basis if you're in the Word. Uh, because if you're in the Word and trying to understand, it's like you understand more and more and more. But then you drop out and you come back and you're just a dummy uh, again. Uh, because it's not just a dead book it's not just words on a page as jesus would say it's like light you know that shines and exposes and uh, and then he goes on there are two little back to back parables here. And these are what are, uh, uh, there's a whole category of parables when it comes to Jesus. And they're called the parables of the kingdom. And, and, and indeed, most of Jesus' parables begin with the kingdom of God is like, or the kingdom of heaven is like. And so he's trying to explain the nature of the kingdom of heaven. So in, in these two different little bitty parables, Jesus uh, compares the kingdom to a, a growing seed. The first one, the kingdom of God is like a farmer who scatters seed on the ground. Night and day, while he's asleep or awake, the seed sprouts and grows, but he doesn't understand how it happens. The earth produces crops on its own. First a leaf blade pushes through, then the heads of wheat are formed, and finally the grain ripens. And as soon as the grain is ready, the farmer comes and harvests it with a sickle, for the harvest time has come. You know, no explanation. And some people are like, what? What what, what does that even mean? you know um well I, I with these parables of the kingdom here i i think part of it is the idea of small beginnings you know that you would be foolish to underestimate the power of a small beginning and right now the kingdom of god breaking in with this you know one very you know ordinary in some ways, human teacher like Jesus, if if that's the kingdom of God, you know, it's not very overwhelming. They expected perhaps a a conquering hero or a king, but he just came in as this humble teacher, you know. and and then with just, you know, a, a, a dozen disciples and you're going to change the world like that. You're going to save the world like that. You're going to die on a cross and save the world. You know, it's the idea of small beginnings. You know, it, it starts small, but but this, the humbleness of the beginning gives you no indication of the glory of the way this thing turns out. You know, so it, it's about small beginnings. It's also about how faith interacts with, with truth. Um, you know how seeds are. Uh, I got you know envelopes of, of seeds in my garage yeah, I keep them dry I keep them cool you know um, but you know what it doesn't, they can sit in my fridge in the garage for years but man if I just all I got to do is drop them in the dirt and they will grow you know they're just waiting for the right conditions you know and this is what Jesus is saying that the believing heart faith itself creates this soil in, inside your soul uh, which makes, uh, truth or, or, or the, you know, the, the kingdom of God, the, the the power of God begin to take root and grow in the soil of your life, you know, so faith is that, you know, uh, which releases, you know, the power of God into the soil of your life, and, and, and I love that. I love this where, you know, the, the, the farmer scatters the seed and watches it grow, but he doesn't know how it happens, you know. I think that is Jesus's way of saying that the growth, you know, what what faith, what truth does, you know, as it grows inside of us? That's God's work. That's not our work. We don't have anything to do with it. We we couldn't understand it if you explained it to us. You know, He doesn't know how it happens. We just know what happens, and that's how faith is. Parable of the mustard seed is 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 very much the same. But also, it plays off this idea that faith looks forward. Faith looks forward, and again, in other words, it, this tiny little seed—you can't imagine—it could turn into, you know, a bush or a tree that birds could build their nest in. You know, it's, you know, it's, it's just a glorious, magnificent, you know, a result that comes out. You know, and, and everything that it becomes was already inside that seed. You know, uh, you wouldn't have any idea, but but once it's released, and and the whole idea is that that faith looks forward again. That that it's about what you're becoming and not so much what you are or what you've been. You know, so faith looks forward. I love those. And again, a summary statement in verse 33. This is kind of, this is kind of the way Jesus preached. And when he was done, he explains it to the disciples. Uh, well, but then at the end of this chapter, there's this story. It's a familiar story, I think, probably to all of us. Um, chapter 4, verses 35 to 41, Jesus calms the storm. It's familiar. Mark, like everything else, gives us a very abbreviated version of this story and that's typical of mark Um, as evening came jesus said to his disciples let's cross the other side of the lake Uh, we've talked about this story before and you know how important that statement is to me if jesus says you're going to the other side of the lake you're going to the other side of the lake we already know how this story ends you know. And the same thing is true of my life and your life. Jesus said that you know, he's gone to prepare a place for us and if he's gone, he's going to come back and get us so we can be where he is. I mean, I know how all of this turns out and it all ends gloriously. You know, it all ends gloriously exactly like Jesus promised. But at the same time, there's storms. Life has storms and these are all men of the sea. That, that that's what you can't miss there. These are men of the sea, so they've been in storms. And if they think they're dying, which is what they say, I mean, they think they're dying. If they think they're drowning and dying, then this must have been some humdinger of a storm, you you know? And and that's where probably these guys are different from you and me because, you know, sometimes... can I just say, it, it ain't a storm every time the wind blows, you know? It ain't a storm every time the, the clouds turn dark. I mean, and sometimes you and I are very guilty of freaking out and losing our minds the first time we have a bad hair day or, you know, gout or, you know, a you know, hangnail. I mean, you know, um, when we fall apart, we act like we're dying, you know, and, and all it is, you know, is that the internet went out, you know? So, and, and I'm kind of joking, not joking, because you know how we are. Um, It is not a storm every time the wind blows, and we're going to go through hard times, and some of you have been through hard times, and some of you are in a hard time right now. Just understand that the storms come because the storms come, that this is life. And honestly, the disciples have a question, but the question isn't, why are there storms? You know, that's our question. Why do storms happen? I don't even know what they're asking. Their question is, why are you sleeping in our storm? You know, don't you care? I mean, that's the question. Uh, It's not so much that I have storms, it's that sometimes in the very middle of my storm, it looks like Jesus is asleep. And that's the frustrating thing. Does he care? Does he even care? Um, Obviously, I think you and I both know how this goes. Um, It's not that Jesus sleeps because he doesn't care. He sleeps because he doesn't share their fear of storms. Jesus doesn't share your anxiety. He is not worried do you understand that he's not worried and the fact that he's not worried the fact that Jesus is at peace is the surest sign that they can trust him if he's freaking out with them all of a sudden man that doesn't inspire any trust I was a kid I had a bible school teacher her name was Miss Kitty and she took us out in the grass it was an evening bible school and it was hot in the building no air conditioning so went outside where it was cool she took us out in the grass on the back side of the church and uh this snake come up it was a big black snake <laughs> and you know and we're like I think we were four like we're the primary class like we were little kids and Miss Kitty uh left us I mean she saw the snake and like she left us you know she's supposed to be taking care of us and all of a sudden man we are on our own (laughs) I'm just saying the fact that Jesus doesn't share your fear the fact that Jesus is at total peace that's a good sign you know that's a good sign you can trust him you can also trust him when he doesn't just step out and calm your storm. Because sometimes the storm you're in, you're going to have to just ride it out. You know, you have to trust that Jesus knows which of your storms need calming and which ones don't. Just trust him. I promise you. He will never leave you not in the storm. And if he said he's taking it to the other side, he's taking it to the other side. Uh, he does not share your fear. So why don't you share his peace? How about that? Pick up right here tomorrow, chapter five. Church, chapter five for tomorrow, verses one to 20, okay? Mark chapter five, verses one to 20. It's a beautiful day. Don't you miss a single minute of this sunshine today. And don't miss a single a bit of the truth and the life that God has for you in his Word. So stay in it. I love you guys so much. I'll see you in the morning, Lord willing, 10 o'clock for 10 with 10. Have a good day.